Hello everyone, welcome to Beyond the Adventure, a podcast exploring why people took on their own unique journeys and what they learned from their experiences. My name is Gareth Brown and thanks for listening. On today's podcast, I have Tobias joining me. Tobias has just finished an incredible adventure of cycling 200 kilometers per day, covering a total of 36,000 kilometers across 44 European countries while climbing each country's highest peak. We cover his motivations, his mindset, and the emotions that go into completing a challenge that started in November 2021 and finished in September 2022. We also talk about some of the incidents along the way, such as being bitten by dogs and being detained by border police. So yeah, it's quite an all-encompassing one. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, Tobias, we are live. Hello, hey. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining. It's uh, it's it's much appreciated. It's uh, it's a privilege to meet you. I've only been following you for probably about a month now, uh, but I, I I wish I'd been following you from 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 November of last <laughs> year at least. I think. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. No problem. So um, to give people a bit of background, uh, would you mind just sharing a little bit around? your most recent adventure. I mean, I guess you have done some ones prior to this, but uh, what you've just been doing from, from November until September of this year seems uh, seems like quite the yeah. quite the activity. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I'm 19 years old and I live in Switzerland and I just visited um, all the 40, uh, 44 countries of Europe and climbed the highest mountain in each country and also visited the capital city. Yeah, wow. everything by bicycle and on foot. Amazing. And where did this idea originate? Uh, actually, two years ago, I had to do like a project at school, like the last big project at school. And um, usually you do something like scientific there. But I decided to do like a, something in German, like writing kind of a book about an adventure. So I visited in here in switzerland we have 26 like districts cantons yeah. circles um yeah and i visited all the highest mountains here the 26 in each in each canton the highest mountain and also the all the 250 cities here in switzerland um, amazing so just just for context so you're at school and at this point i guess you're kind of like 17 uh, and yeah. is this for your matura or yeah exactly exactly exam- yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you managed to persuade the school that it was cool for you to just kind of travel around Switzerland by bike and yeah, yeah exactly. about that. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And this year, uh, yeah, I just had time. Like I'm going to uni- a university now, like in two weeks. And it was just like a gap year. And I filled it with traveling and cycling and exploring the world. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I mean, I guess... I mean, have you mostly done this alone? I'm conscious that some of these mountains that you're climbing, like the highest peaks, the time that you've been doing this from November until September, have you mostly been doing this alone? Have you yeah, been doing yeah, this totally. Yeah. Totally alone. To- wow. m- most of the time, like there were very few mountains where I went with someone else, but really very few. And yeah, just like some short term relationships, like you meet someone on the road and you share a few kilometers. But yeah, mostly alone. Wow. And 
how have you kind of got to this point? I mean, the, for, like for me, so I just went on a quick bike tour at the weekend. <laughs> I've done a few before in, in the past, but literally just three days and I was pretty exhausted afterwards and uh, I wasn't really in the greatest shape. Um, and the longest I've ever done before is about, uh, is about six weeks, uh, mostly alone. But were you, how were you training for this? How were you preparing, prepping for this? Because there's one thing prepping for it almost physically, but also just knowing that you're going to be alone on this adventure pretty much every day. And I'm assuming the amount of kilometers that you're covering every day is a lot. Like I read yeah. at one point that you were trying to cover like 200 kilometers a day, something like that. Which yeah, is, that uh, was like the average, around 200 per day was average. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, basically, physically, I didn't prepare too much because I have quite a big background, I would say. I'm in the Swiss national team in mountain running, actually. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically what I'm actually doing is running up mountains as fast as I can. <laughs> um, like the last competitions were in September. And after that, I didn't do anything anymore. Just relax and enjoy life with my friends and family and everything. Um, so physically, I didn't prepare at all, basically. <laughs> Except for so, just doing your normal uh, yeah, Swiss or, mountain running. You, which yeah, is, uh, you can yeah. look at it like that as well. Maybe I prepared for the last 19 years of my life. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> also in the past, I did some shorter bicycle trips, a few days, five days maybe. Um, or also this Matura project here in Switzerland. These were all experiences and yeah things that i could learn so much from and i also made many mistakes in the past and i think it totally did help me for this one here yeah that makes sense and i mean you clearly have a love of the mountains and, and obviously being on the swiss mountain running team <laughs> that there's a that you're really passionate about what you're doing when you said you've been training for 19 years like how young were you when you really started getting into some of these sports quite competitively because and also has it always been almost gearing up towards the endurance sports because if i just think about my it's very different growing up in england we often do a lot of team sports in the uk for example like it's heavy on things like football and rugby mm. and and cricket and things um in certain pockets there is uh like lots of run clubs and that type of thing but at what point did you really start getting involved almost competitively in um in some of these more endurance focused events yeah uh, that's actually not too long ago it's uh, maybe four years five maybe yeah but my parents took me hiking in summer skiing in winter like yeah all my life already like when i was two three years old and basically it started there already and doing some really small bicycle trips when i was yeah very very young and i think that's just a very valuable back, uh, background yeah yeah for sure <clears throat> and and the one that you did originally when you were finishing your uh your school project was that the first big project you did alone or was that i um, had yeah. you already done some practicing of some um solo projects before that and yeah like one two day trips alone yeah but also the matura project i didn't do that in one push it was like it took me 38 days, I think, in okay. total, but it was just like one or two days in one 
go so just weekends and stuff just many small one day adventures basically yeah yeah but as you said so, that's really nice preparation for yeah, a much yeah, longer course. a much longer task yeah you, you, you mentioned you made some mistakes in the past is there any that really stands out to you as to some of the the learnings that you took before going into a longer project yeah it's so much so many things <laughs> like for example eating when in i think in cycling the big problem is the energy because the for muscles sure. the muscles like yeah it's not so heavy for the muscles to like running or hiking downhill or something so basically you just have to get your energy in again and yeah you just have to eat as much as you can basically and but that's something you have to find out and earlier on bicycle trips i thought i can eat two bananas per day and that's enough and if you experience it yeah yeah (laughs) or also with with equipment you don't need a lot i think and there were there were um tours i did or we did in the past where we slept on mountains for example and our backpacks were i don't know 20 kilograms heavy yeah yeah you, you just realize that's not how it works but it's just good to experience it the hard way (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I i really loved uh there's some great quotes on your on your website i think that um you mentioned something like i'll be traveling as lightly as possible and foregoing any comfort which ultimately adds to the adventure factor because i yeah. think for a lot of people comfort is a bit of a requirement uh because there's one thing and when i say comfort i just mean like a decent tent and probably some um lots of layers of clothing and uh, lots of extra food, but you really did pack lightly for this trip. Can you kind of talk me through almost what you had? Like, what, what did you pack? I mean, sometimes when I saw your Instagram stories, it just looked like you were sleeping in your in your sleeping bag. Yeah, that's true. That's all I had, a sleeping bag and the inflatable mattress. I didn't have a tent. You didn't take a tent? No. For, from November to September? No in, tent. November, in November, I had one, and then I came back home for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but I just realized that I didn't use it because I don't wow. know why. Um, yeah, so the thing was always when it rained, for example, you just have, had to find the shelter. But I mean, usually I kept cycling until around midnight and started again like five, six in the morning. So in this period of time, you can basically sleep anywhere. Also at bus stops or it doesn't matter because between midnight and five in the morning, there are no people around wow um but actually makes things easier i would say because if you have to find a place to sleep at six in the evening it's just so much harder to find a place where you don't get disturbed by humans yeah for sure and also the thing that you just said with the comfort if you carry lots of food and clothes and the tent and i don't know what up a mountain it's just so much harder to carry everything up there and i think sometimes it can be much more comfortable to just go fast and light yeah because, i mean yeah. absolutely absolutely I, it's uh it's a difficult thing in like mentally to adjust to that because you i think that what you're saying is absolutely correct whether or not i really would just um jump on my bike and do a tour for a few weeks with just my <laughs> sleeping bag and uh and a mat and not much else i'm still not like 100 percent sure but i definitely get what you're saying it's uh, basically it's easier to find something because you just sleep 
such a small place for this mattress and the sleeping bag and to find a good place where you can set up your tent it's just so much harder yeah wow so, so let's almost um go back a little bit uh, as you were starting this this kind of adventure uh as you were kind of getting ready to go in that november time was it more just based on the time that you had available because you knew you're going to go to university the september afterwards because it also seems like a slightly strange time to start in terms of like the european winter yeah (laughs) to do such a trip uh where you're going to try and climb the highest peaks um and and basically a lot of dark nights uh a lot of cold weather yeah was it more just convenience yeah Basically, I finished school at, uh, in July, and one week later, I joined the military because you have to here yeah, in Switzerland exactly. for four months, and that was over in November. And af- one week after that, I started this trip. Wow! And that's why, and I had to be back now because now I'm going to university. So that was just the time I had. Yeah, and that's why I started there. But yeah, if I could have done it different i would not start in november because the european winter is just ugly because the (laughs) days are so short and gray and wet and cold and but yeah actually it worked quite well but it was also hard to plan because uh, with the mountains first of all i thought like first i wanted to go to greece and turkey and like this direction at first yeah the the mountains there are quite high and quite technical as well so i couldn't go there because of the mountains so in the end i ended up going uh, spain portugal in december and then i'm already in the to the north because the mountains there are easier and also possible in winter yeah it makes sense So, so did you already so i know that you finished the military almost that week before but how much planning went into this trip like, did you have a pretty good, I mean, obviously you kind of would just automatically Google, I'm assuming every highest peak in yeah. all of the different European countries, which gives you a bit of a guide, but how much planning went into this in terms of plotting the route timelines, that type of thing? Actually not too much because I think it's, a, um, it's, it's just unnecessary because yeah. first of all, things turn out different always. So you can save the time. And second, it just destroys the adventure if you plan everything already. You have to be spontaneous a little bit. So it really does. Yeah. So much more fun, but also easier because it's impossible to plan everything through a uh, uh, route through 44 countries because there are so many things you just can't see now. Um, but yeah, I, I had a big map in my room and I marked all the capital cities and all the highest mountains with needles and I tried to connect them but basically that's pretty much all i did and of course organize the material yeah and also set up my own website it was quite a bit of work but not more than necessary i would say especially yeah. in terms of planning because did, did you manage to get some support and things from some some partners that type of thing for such a project especially from an equipment perspective yeah totally like pretty much all the equipment is sponsored amazing um, yeah and that's really cool made things much easier and it's really the best project product you can get because that's something that was really important to me because if you want to cover 200 kilometers per day you just need 
the best stuff otherwise it's getting really really uncomfortable yeah yeah <laughs> no, and and how was your approach to reaching out to some of these sponsors is it through an, an existing kind of network that you that you have through your your life so far in terms of already being involved in the community of, of, of various different adventure sports or yeah, yeah how was that process because some people find this almost I read some stuff around some people who have even climbed some like 8,000 meter peaks have said actually some of the hardest bit is trying to get some sponsors on board. I think it's a very different thing to try and get a lot of funding, what they're looking for probably versus getting some really, really good equipment. Yeah, but for right. those people that are kind of thinking about their own adventures and reaching out to potential sponsors, what's the, what's the approach? What's your process to do that? Yeah, actually I was quite late with that because basically the idea for this project I just had like three months before I started it oh, like wow, pretty, okay. much, pretty much one year ago yeah um yeah so I didn't have too much time and I just tried to get everything I could and actually it worked out quite well I would say because I think it's much easier to get equipment than to get money yeah because it's not a big deal for a big company to give you I don't know a few products yeah, exactly. Some bags so, or some yeah, whatever exactly. else it might be. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and how would you do it? Would you just reach out to some people on LinkedIn? Would you just send yeah. some messages on Instagram? Uh, just speak to people through your network? <laughs> how yeah. much do you want to put into that? I'm really not an expert in this field, but I think it's always better to try to do it like more personal because you, exactly, it's, so, yeah. it's so easy to ignore an email. But if you call, the, yeah, you are already much deeper into it, I think. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's um, great. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Very cool. And what were your emotions like when you finally set off? I mean, obviously, you'd only been planning this for three months in many ways, but it yeah. still must be quite daunting in many ways. And uh, I, I guess you also had the the know-how that you would be back for Christmas uh, before going again. That's but, true. Uh, but how were your kind of emotions? Like, were you... Like, when I was uh, of a similar age... If I'm honest, I would I was like thinking too much about um, who my maybe my girlfriend was at that time and uh, who, which fun holiday I could be going on or like I, I yeah. think I would have too many other uh, distractions in terms of like big I like like formal like fear of missing out type type situations. But um, yeah, what were your emotions like at that point in time? Actually, it was pretty crazy because it was November. It was raining like nonstop for the first week. Oh gosh. And it was really ugly. And like after three days, you are somewhere in France and everything is wet and cold and also your muscles are hurting and everything. Yeah. And then you really start to think about or doubt it. Like what yeah, you just think about what you are doing here. And I mean your life could be so much easier at this point. Um but there was I was also uh, curious what's expecting me and I mean I knew that there are so many nice places along the way and I really wanted to see all these things and have these adventures um yeah but actually it was quite an up and down I would say there were hours where I was super happy to be finally on the road but also hours where I was sad to leave everything behind and also knowing that it's gonna be hard but I think that, um, if you start something like that, or if you are doing like something like that, you ch really, re you really have to live in the moment. And I think that's one of the 
top things I learned just to be in the moment and don't think too much about the future because that kind of destroys you. Yeah, no, that's such good advice. And I think for, for a lot of people, it is difficult. Um, I guess, especially because most of our lives, uh, we're constantly being distracted by like our phones or our uh, meeting up with people, the social demands, the the work demands. And, and when you're on your bike and you're on such a adventure, you can be in the moment uh, a little bit more. How, how did true. you? How did you kind of retain that feeling for for a longer period because as i said before like the longest i've ever done is like six weeks so nothing in comparison to what you've done and even when i was doing that in the second half i could see myself um consuming more media for example like i would start listening to more and more podcasts more music through my bike rides um Mm -hmm. i would in many ways i was kind of reducing my time from living in the moment if that makes sense but um i'd be interested to know like how did that evolve for you over time like when you were doing these big rides i mean essentially you're up and about from five or six in the morning until yeah. midnight and you're living in the moment but that's a long time living in the moment <laughs> if that makes sense yeah, yeah that's true yeah i think i think the good thing is that i was traveling quite fast i would say in terms of like I had a big city pretty much every day or a mountain or something like exciting every day and I mean if you cover 200 kilometers per day you see so many things yeah and that's also some like like that it stays interesting because in average I spent like four to five days in a country I think wow so yeah if you wake up in a new country every four or five days, yeah, it just stays interesting. But it's so different, right? And you have very, yeah. uh, very unique memories of these different places, and the, the yeah, surroundings definitely. look so different. So, I guess it is uh, that little bit easier to 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 be in that moment. And in addition to kind of doing the peaks, t- did you kind of just get chance a little bit? to have some rest days almost or to just have some days where if you got to a city you would just explore it a little bit or or would you really just be kind of yeah exploring by bike and just by looking around and then get to the next place how did you find that how did you get that balance yeah rest days were quite rare i would say there were not many (laughs) and to me like if you do 200 per day like if you do 100 per day it already feels like a rest day yeah (laughs) Yeah. no but in the cities i think to explore cities by bicycle is such a cool thing because you are so fast you can go from yeah like sightseeing is just so much faster than by foot or by subway or whatever yeah and i i think the cool thing is that you really see everything of a city. You go come to the city from, let's say, the north, and you go cross it, the whole city, and you see so many places that the average tourist will never see. For sure. And that's yeah. so interesting, I would say. But yeah, there were not so many days where I really stayed in one place, actually just twice, <laughs> and where I woke up the, at the same place as yesterday. Um, but yeah, in like really cool places, I took the time to explore these places but yeah. it's not i didn't visit like museums or something like that 
no no makes sense makes sense and, and at, so, at yeah, some point at, at some point if you have seen so many cities and mountains and lakes and countries already you don't feel like seeing any, everything anymore you you kind of have enough at some point yeah it's and then you're just you're into the 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 challenge itself you're into the ride itself and the yeah rather rather than the i'm just i just want to get to the next city to see another cathedral type yeah 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 Yeah. wow and what were some of your expectations going in actually i didn't have too many expectations and i think that's a good thing because Yeah. yeah you just go with your feelings and yeah, I also didn't plan rest days. I just, yeah, listened to my body and, yeah, just did rest days when I felt like I needed it. But I think it's not necessary to say every Sunday in this kind of project because, yeah, you just have to, yeah, adapt to the circumstances, I would say. Yeah, as long as you're just eating more, more than those two bananas a day, you can yeah, go yeah. pretty far. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, very cool, very cool, and uh, and almost like the different phases here. So you said that you kind of the first bit was around like kind of France and Spain. You come back to you get back to Switzerland. What were the kind of next phases, and um, did they come with almost different challenges? Like whether it will be some of the places with maybe lower mount, lower um, altitude. I, th- I think I read something crazy like how many, how much elevation gain, for example, you gain. But but we'll come onto that in a bit, I guess. But the yeah. Where else did you go after that Christmas break? Uh, like, what was the path that you took? Uh, at Christmas, I just planned to stay at home for a few days and start again in just after New Year. And then I had a skiing accident and broke some bones here in the in my oh, hand. Oh no! Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Basically, I should have stayed at home for three months. I think. Um. Yeah, and there was pretty down because three months means like 20 this means like 20 countries for me um but i started again after four weeks i guess i also i I also went to malta with my girlfriend and malta is an island and i didn't plan to go there but i think i took the opportunity and got one country more and yeah (laughs) then after four weeks i did like a test uh, with the for the hand and just um, went to Italy and San Marino for two weeks and came back home and I found out that it basically works. I just didn't tell it my doctors. <laughs> 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 and yeah, then I started again and went towards the UK, Ireland, Scotland, everything there. And I really liked this region. It was so nice. And I was also lucky with the weather because I think it's not usual that you really don't have any rain in the uk for weeks it's very uncommon yeah especially in uh at that time of year yeah yeah, very, yeah exactly March. Yeah. yeah and after that i did like Beltram, everything in this region and then i went all the way up to the pretty much the north cape because the highest mountains of finland and sweden are very very far in the north yeah and from the very north i went all the way down to istanbul like through eastern europe everything there and from istanbul to greece and from there back home through the balkan countries wow what a trip what a trip and after kind of the first few days you said you already had some challenging thoughts like is in 
I'm already sore, it's cold, it's wet, etc. When was the next point you think on the trip? What, well, actually, your hand would have been a very uh, uh, difficult moment for you, I imagine. But after you've kind of overcome the challenge of your hand's broken, but it's re- recovered to a good point within four weeks, were there any other points where you were close to kind of giving up or you just felt lonely or you just was there anything there during that time a certain point where you just thought I'm not sure I should continue doing this I maybe want to call it a day I think there were lots of difficult moments like really difficult moments but seriously thinking about uh, giving up was almost never the case because I was just so committed, I would say, and I really wanted to finish it. And I mean, I, it was hard, but I also had a lot of fun out there. And yeah. it's so interesting and so many cool places and so many nice people and everything. And it was so worth it to keep going. Um, yeah, but like the weather in Scandinavia was pretty crazy, for example, if you have weeks with snowstorms and everything. Um, yeah, it was just hard. Um yeah but like really thinking about giving up was almost never the case except for once in albania for example and um, i got attacked by dogs this was oh this is the a yeah. case actually quite a few times also romania turkey greece there were so many dogs everywhere but i was always faster except for this one time in albania and oh, they did bite okay. me in the they leg. did bite you yeah, they they bite oh, me. Gosh. On, um, just on the legs or? Yeah, in the yeah. leg, but pretty deep. You can still see it, and it's almost three months ago now. Oh, my now. gosh. And, yeah, it was really ugly. Like, the uh, blood was streaming down my leg. And, yeah, so that, and I went to the hospital there. And, you know, the, the thing with dog bites is also uh, always, like, the bacteria that go. Exactly. This is it, yeah. And, Did you get any injections before you went? Yeah, but not for rabies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the the risk of rabi- for rabies is really, really small in Albania, but it's not zero, but you don't get the vaccine there. Okay. So, yeah, it was like the real shit there because I also called like doctors in Switzerland and they told me, yeah, you can go to a Greek island and you, you get the vaccine there. So I took the boat and went to Greece. And oh, I, didn't, I didn't get the vaccine there and I went back to Albania. It was like three days of it was just horrible and there i really thought about going home also for like medical reasons because medical infrastructure in albania is yeah horrible and yeah but in the end i kept going and it was definitely worth it wow and and were there any other kind of big challenges i mean that sounds like a really nasty one in terms of being bitten by um by some dogs uh was there anything else that kind of set you back um on the journey for example like a bike broke down or 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 anything like that that um yeah there were some small things with the bicycle but not too many and i think that's totally normal i mean it is yeah 36,000 kilometers it's wow normal that you have some minor problems um for example in uh, belarus i got arrested at the border Oh shit! Really? Yeah. What you just didn't have? Uh, what, what did they say? You just didn't have the right permit or something? Yeah, I didn't want to enter Belarus anyways, but the highest mountain of Lituva is quite close to the border, just like two kilometers away. And I thought, like, I want to see this border because it's a huge wall, basically. 
and I went there and took some pictures and a few minutes after like the police car came and they did arrest me because I was too close to the border and so oh, they gosh. brought me to a military station there and I just had to and they just spoke Russian and oh, I gosh. didn't get what was going on and I didn't know how serious it is yeah that was a bit scary but after a so few I, hours I was gonna say what happened next so yeah so yeah. You, you sat in the police station and then what happened I just waited there and I didn't know what was going on because the people there just spoke Russian. Yeah. And yeah, but after a few hours, I just had to sign a few docu- uh, documents. But I didn't know what I did sign, but I just I was signed. Say, could you at least could you translate it at all, like with a Google Translate on your phone or anything, or did you just have to sign? At at some point, I could call uh, call someone with their phone who did speak English, and he basically just told me that I was too close to the border and that I have to sign. Um, and after that, I can go again. So yeah, I signed these documents and I could go after a few hours again. So it was actually not a really big deal there. But yeah, it, 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 it was definitely... Scary though. It's a bit yeah. Of a, yeah, for sure. It's a bit of a difficult one. Like Because also when they arrested you, did they at least bring your bike with you? Like when they let you go, where did they take you? Back to the border or how did nah, it work? It was kind of funny because the military station was like three kilometers three four i don't know kilometers away from the point where they did arrest me but they couldn't pack the bicycle in their car so they just took my passport and phone and everything into the police car and i just had to ride after them with the no, bicycle you, just, you had to just follow yeah. them by bike oh <laughs> yeah my but i mean they had everything so. yeah i mean it's a smart move that it's uh yeah yeah you're not gonna ride away are you yeah but yeah, yeah you heard that be. before being arrested then you can just follow by bike yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it was not super serious. So maybe yeah. they were just bored because there were like six or seven people in this military station just looking at their cameras. Yeah, and probably there doesn't happen anything for weeks, probably, and probably they were just happy that there was this young cyclist enter this. <laughs> exactly. The, the, yeah. But yeah. Wow. Or in in Turkey, I had food poisoning. Oh, that's that's a difficult one. Yeah, or, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of normal, I think, if you're traveling for, sure. for such a long time in such a style, or a sunstroke in Greece, because in Greece it was really hot, like forty-five degrees for several days. Um. Yeah, and on the roads, the sun is just burning down. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but these were the main challenges i would say and in general i was kind of lucky i would say because so many things could happen out there also in the mountains alone or on the road i think the road is much more dangerous than the mountains and also like sleeping alone even without the tent there are so many things that could have There's happened. There's also even so. just what wild animals and things like i used to um, yeah yeah exactly even, even when i was um in the tent when i especially i, I kind of went from uh basically like baltic sea top of poland just cycled down into croatia and just kind of went through mm-hmm. um through some of the countries there and like sometimes i would almost like i would hear a lot like animals just sniffing around my tent and stuff and it would still like freak me out a little bit <laughs> and yeah. i would almost I would almost be scared to just look out and see what it was like in my yeah. head i'm like it could be a bear it clearly wasn't <laughs> but like yeah, yeah. I, but like mentally i'm like what is this i can because it's 
because you're out in the wild and you can just hear breathing yeah. and it makes and it's so you're so present it really, really makes you feel like it could be something that is dangerous so yeah. but especially just in a sleeping bag like did you see anything did anything come around you at night or obviously yeah, once, you had the dogs but any other yeah, kind of animals yeah once i had dogs oh at was, night yeah at night this was horrible really but also like snakes or or insects that's mm. It's just so ugly because you can't do anything. And especially in summer, for example, in Greece, where it was like still like almost 30 degrees at night or like 25. I mean, you basically have to choice. You either sleep in the, inside the sleeping bag, but it's way too hot or yeah. without the sleeping bag. But then you have all the mosquitoes and everything. You're going to get bitten to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And the, the time when the dogs were around you at night, were they just around you and sniffing and stuff, or what was that like? It was just one dog, and he was barking and oh gosh, very aggressive. And I didn't know what to do, and I just like pretended to be asleep. Yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. Just I cover, thought, just cover up in the sleeping bag and then just yeah, exactly because I thought he would go away, but he didn't. He was there for like I guess almost an hour, <sighs> and yeah, I was just afraid to get up, and because I had an ice axe with me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, for the climbing. But yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, that was really scary there. Yeah, you don't want to get in a dog fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can avoid it. Uh, yeah, that would be beneficial. Wow. <laughs> and um, and some of the mountains you climbed. So so you said that actually, let's let's stick on the road cycling for a bit first. Where were some of the more dangerous roads that you were cycling on? Like, was there a certain countries where you felt a bit more uneasy in terms of just the way the traffic was controlled and how busy it was um because in general like europe is, is kind of okay like most yeah think. yeah totally but you, did you what would your, your take for example the baltic countries uh, surprised me in a negative way in terms of traffic and road quality yeah but also like romania bulgaria they're the truck drivers especially they are coming super close yeah, they just don't even like pull yeah, up for you. They're really yeah. just expecting you to not hit them. Which yeah, is... exactly, exactly. But yeah, I also used the highway quite a few times. Ah, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, just on the side. I when I was in, um, I accidentally went on the highway once in Italy, and honestly, I must have been on there like five minutes, and a police car picked me up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it here either. But in some countries, also like yeah. in the south in Turkey, no one cares, and sometimes it even felt more safe because well you've got you, a bigger you, you, yeah you have bigger space. space right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah 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 but yeah that was the case quite a few times just because there were not yeah no alternatives for cycling if you don't want to have like huge detours yeah that makes sense makes sense and in terms of the mountains that you were climbing um you, you did most of those alone uh by the sounds of it was was there any that really stood out for you for good reasons maybe challenging reasons like what were some of them them high points that um that really st stands out in the memory yeah actually in, in general these highest mountains are and i say that as a swiss now maybe that's the thing but they are not as wild as i would expect them because there were many countries where you can even ride your bicycle up there because yeah, there are sure. just a few hundred meters <laughs> isn't it like uh yeah, like some of the Scandinavian countries, isn't it? like Denmark, only a few hundred meters up or something. Yeah, exactly. You, also, you, yeah, Belgium. Yeah, as we were talking about before, it's like 
nothing at all really it's like a thousand meters up that's yeah. It. yeah yeah but these are real hills at least and you have to yeah you have some hiking i would say yeah um but yeah one of my favorite moments was the highest mountain in spain um it's in the very south and it's actually quite high like 3500 oh okay cool yeah and i started like at four in the morning at the sea with my bicycle and i rode um through the sierra nevada mountains some wow. really nice roads there and I kept pushing all day long and in the end I reached the summit at 3,500 meters and like really on point for sunset and it was such a nice moment because Spain was just my second, yeah, just my second country and this moment just had something magical and mm. yeah, but with time, with the time you get used to mountains and everything so many special things don't feel special anymore. Also, for example, riding along the sea or exploring big cities. It's just not so special anymore at some point. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think especially by bike sometimes. Um, like me and my girlfriend have talked about this a little bit before. By the sea is a little bit... Um, sometimes it seems very dreamy, but but actually it's not always the best. Like Sometimes actually just driving right through the heart of a country is in many ways more enjoyable because... First of all, there's often way less traffic, yeah, uh, and yeah. there's and there's less roads, and actually there's sometimes it's a lot more variety uh, as you go through yeah. some of these very small towns or very rural areas, um, maybe barring the wild dogs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but there's something I know what you mean. Like there's something amazing about getting to a sea, like as a destination. I find that's pretty pretty amazing. But but yeah. in terms of cycling along the coast, it's it's maybe not as um, beautiful as some people might imagine i i think yeah that's true but especially as a swiss the sea is something special like yeah, true <laughs> the mountains were something special for you from, exactly. from the uk because it's just something we don't have here so i really enjoyed that at the beginning and at some point it was just like normal or even yeah. boring yeah <laughs> wow and um so, so where was the furthest point away that you went did you actually make it all the way up to uh to like Russia or anywhere else? Or was there any countries that you couldn't get to because of various life events? I, I didn't go to Russia and also uh, Ukraine for obvious reasons. Yeah. And I didn't enter Belarus. I was just at the border. Yeah, these three countries. And of course, um, Iceland and um, Cyprus because these are yeah, islands. Just islands, yeah, yeah. 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 You have to basically fly there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a that's yeah. amazing and um so as you've kind of taken in this trip are you have you already started thinking about what the next one is i mean obviously you you've yeah. now got uni you've now got university but off, coming off the back of such a trip um well actually let's think about the moment when you were almost finishing the trip like what was that like when you finally cycled back home um was that emotional? Was that uh, yeah. was it fine? You were just like cool. That's all good. Finish that one onto the onto university next. Like, how was that after finishing such a, such a cool trip? No, for me it was kind of emotional, especially when I get I got down from Gran Paradiso. That's the highest mountain that's completely in Italy because I yes. couldn't do Mont Blanc. I, this, I saw this, this. I think this is one of the first posts I saw. Actually, I was like, 
it made made a lot of sense, but it, at the time it was in the media a lot around the the mayor yeah. talking about how much money it was going to be if you wanted to climb up. Yeah, exactly. How, how did how did that make you feel? It seemed like from your posts that you took it pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in terms you can't of not do, covering it, you can't. Do yeah, about you it, right? can't do. Yeah, exactly. And probably I'm going to do it maybe next week if the conditions allow it. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, to like finish the project completely. Oh, nice. Yeah, but yeah, like, really good. Yeah, yeah, but so I basically finished the project on the highest mountain of Italy, the Gran Paradiso. is just like a bit more than four thousand meters, and I went up there alone, and I was just standing up there on the summit, and yeah, you just think about it the past few weeks and months, and yeah, it it is something emotional because you are there were so many things, especially people, also my girlfriend, my family, and everything I was missing yeah really 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 hard and like also with for example having a shower there were days where or moments where i didn't have a shower for several days i'm not gonna tell you now for how many days but, yeah. <laughs> or well, i was actually gonna ask that because a lot of the time you are just camping out for like five six hours how were you showering or were you just like finding like bus like um like petrol stations to stop at and stuff how did you how did you do that for showering, like I used, for example, I went, just went to a camping just for the shower. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And yeah, or sometimes I went also in a host a hostel, but like really cheap ones for like six or seven years. Yeah. And yeah, there you have a shower. Where is, is that also how you? Machine. Is that also how you would meet some people sometimes? Because what I did yeah. when I I would stay in a hostel once a week just so I had like a little bit of social time. Yeah. Because otherwise, I wouldn't. I would transactionally meet some people like at shops when I'm buying some snacks or something yeah. or but I wouldn't really be meeting or like hanging out with people for yeah. any period of time is that how you did it like how were you yeah how did you meet people or did you even need to were you fine just to just kind of have a, a transactional passing relationship now and again um I think I'm quite okay with being alone yeah and there are also times where I really like being alone and I think it's something really you get to know yourself yeah it's really important I think it's amazing I think if everybody can just do like a month alone at one point in their life especially they can learn so much it's crazy especially at that age I think you can learn so much about yourself yeah um but yeah for example I went to restaurants every day like once per day but not mainly for the food but more for electricity to charge phone charge camera, yeah yeah charge GoPro, stuff, yeah. everything and um, yeah that's a, a place where you can meet people but yeah in general i was okay with being alone and i also um did like call people at home yeah also while cycling i was on the phone yeah it's quite easy to do especially if you've yeah. got like a nice a nice run of um, yeah it was flat and straight exactly and easy yeah yeah and how much footage have you got from the trip i mean uh like how much did you take in terms of camera gopro that type of thing some of your pictures on instagram look amazing um yeah yeah how did you capture all that like what's the have you how much footage have you got yeah actually i do have a camera on the phone but i'm really not into these things like i'm not a photographer at all i don't have too much plan um yeah but now i think i have like twelve thousand pictures wow and like around 1000 of them i would say are like really good pictures 
Oh, amazing. But yeah, I mean, it was 200 days. So basically five five pictures per day and you already have 1000. Wow. So, so yeah. And, and the, um, so going back to that moment where you're on top of, um, Grand Paradiso, was there any other moments that you had like that in throughout the trip where you just had that, you had the one in Spain near the beginning, this one in Italy, were there any others that stands out as having that really unique feeling almost of like appreciation or of, um, yeah, just that extra elevated feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. For example, the highest one in Bosnia was quite special as well because I was there for a sunset. It was super beautiful. I didn't see a, a person at all for the whole day because the mountains there are just so wild and so lo- lonely. It is, amazing and uh, Bosnia was actually my last country in the Balkans and I just realized that I mean basically I was afraid of the Balkans for many reasons also because of the dogs for example yeah and I was on this mountain and I just realized that now like the real adventurous part of this trip is over and that that's was, nice yeah and yeah when you realize that everything you were afraid of is just behind you now and but you also appreciate that like all these things and i think i would regret it so hard if i like i was thinking about skipping romania for example because i was really afraid of this country and i think i would regret it so hard if i would not have gone there yeah yeah that makes sense I mean, it's cool that you persevered. It's not that easy to do. I mean, for for a lot of people, most people are not going to do um, a trip like what you've done, um, unfortunately. But where do you think yeah. some of that like perseverance comes from in terms of the attitude you have towards these things? Like being bitten by the dog and just taking it upon yourself to be like, no, I'm going to get the boat to Greece. I'm going to try and get this sorted. I don't mind that my hand is um, broken. I'm going to come mm. back uh, a month before th- um, or two months before I meant to. This determination, this kind of perseverance, where, where, where do you think that's coming from? Is that just, is that from a... family life, friends? Like, is that just, it's inbuilt? You've always had that even since uh, being a very young child. What's the... Um, what you put that down to it's actually hard to tell because in my surroundings there are not many people doing it um also with my in within my family i'm like the only one doing like say extreme things like that yeah but i think what really keeps me going is just like passion because i just love being in the mountains and cycling and explore new places and countries it's just it's just such a nice thing for me and i'm just i was just curious and i wanted to see all these places and i think the best time to do something like that was now because it to me it is so easy because um i still live at home i don't have a car i don't have a family or whatever yeah yeah so yeah you're just so free and you can yeah it's just like perfect for for me to go now and I just wanted to use this opportunity. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. And, um, I think we touched on this, on this just before, but we went back to your emotions of, um, closing out the trip. But when you're thinking about what next, <laughs> uh, because you still have a lot of time in terms of, um, 
yes uh, without potentially without family and without extra responsibility you don't need to buy a car anytime soon i don't i don't think um so, so what is there anything else you've got your eye on in terms of uh next trip have you already started thinking okay so university of the first year finishes on first of june <laughs> that means from the second of june i can probably go and do another adventure like what's your uh what's in your head right now i think the good thing is that i started thinking about these things already while cycling yeah exactly when you're on the yeah exactly and cool. not even towards the end because uh, like already quite at the beginning i was thinking about what could be next and i think this is a sign that it was not too bad out there <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but yeah there are many ideas for example when i was in istanbul there i realized that after istanbul asia starts yeah and there yeah, there I was really thinking that it was would would be cool to go out of Europe, and I think that's definitely the next step to go to another continent. And I think the highest mountains in every country—that's something really interesting. Or also, if you combine it with the capital cities, because I think if you see the capital city and the highest mountain, you see already a lot in a country because you have the urban regions, but also the mountain, yeah, uh, mountain regions. And um, yeah, that's definitely something that I think I'm trying to continue to collect more countries, more mountains, no, highest, highest mountains. There's also a nice contrast between some of the cultures and the, and the people that yeah, you pass along yeah. the way between uh, those in the capital city versus the mountain region. Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy how within one country life could be so different. Right? Yeah, but yeah, um, that's true. But it is quite an amazing way to um, to capture both of those uh, both those lives in in a yeah. country if you know that you're gonna. Go and focus on um, making sure you get to the capital, making sure that you you climb the highest peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or also, also doing like something more basic. I would say would like be riding from here to like Singapore or something. And actually, that's not even that far. I think because I did thirty six thousand now, and I think from here from Switzerland to Singapore is like eleven thousand kilometers. Oh, you could go there and back. So, <laughs> easy <laughs> <laughs> no it's like two months i i think and it's totally imaginable for me to do something yeah. like that wow but also like smaller things like two or three weeks is something i really would love to do because now i saw how far you can get in a shorter amount of time and that's so cool i think yeah absolutely absolutely so um kind of summing up some of um these conversations and i guess i almost want to wrap this up a little bit into maybe you sharing any kind of any other advice that you that you may have but kind of based on the journey you've been on and the the adventure you've basically um took part in what would be the kind of one piece of advice that you would maybe just give to somebody else who's looking to maybe start a new journey of their own or they may be mm. trying to do something different is there anything that really stands out for you as to um what that one piece of advice would be. I think it's really cool that you are asking this question because usually people are just asking like, what was the most beautiful country or what was the craziest yeah. thing just like for entertaining. But I think it's such a good question. And it's also something I try to ask people on the road as often as I could. Um, yeah, it's hard to, 
tell just one piece of advice. And I think it's always, you have to experience it yourself. It's not the same if you hear it from me now as if yeah. you experience it yourself. But I think something that's really important is, yeah, to just live in the moment and don't think about too much about the past and don't think about too much about the future, but just be in the moment and don't worry too much and go with the flow kind of, yeah, that's, I think that's something I would, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Hey, that was amazing. Um, is there anything else you want to, you want to add to this? Um, no, I think so. Spontaneously, it's, it was a good talk. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun. It's been amazing hearing about your journey. And um, yeah, like for me, it's um, it, it's really interesting to to really understand a little bit of the mechanics around uh, what people's passions are and what's driving them to do some of these things that they're doing yeah. and, and what motivates them for, for moving forward, maybe more so than, than as you referred to, like what might be the most beautiful sightseeing spots. I think it's kind of a bit more yeah. interesting to understand a bit more about who you are and what's driving yeah, that's you. True. That's so, true. so, um, so yeah, I really appreciate you opening up and, and sharing with, uh, with me today. And Hey, like I'd love to say we should ride at some point soon, but I'm a bit scared of doing 200 kilometers in a day. So, uh, <laughs> if you ever fancy doing something less, we can maybe do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I also enjoyed it because it's my first time like being in a podcast. Yeah. An experience. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks so much. And yeah, thank, uh, you. We'll, thank you. We'll leave it there. And otherwise, best of luck in the next um, adventure. And I hope you enjoy the start of university. I'm sure that's going to yeah. be a blast as well. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah let's keep in touch. Thanks, Tobias. Thank you for listening, everyone. Beyond the Adventure is available on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit beyondtheadventure.com for all the relevant links. If you get a moment, please share with your friends and family. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to come onto the podcast, please reach out to me either by email on gareth at beyondtheadventure.com through the website of beyondtheadventure.com or reach out via my personal social media. My handles across Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn are all Gareth Brown UK. Thanks again everyone and bye for now.